0: interesting. In the 8.30 to 9 o'clock half hour, we talked about nuclear proliferation. Of course, the countries Iran and North Korea came up because obviously when you talk about nukes, at least modern times, you often talk about those two countries. In the last half hour, we talked about Iran, specifically about Team Iran not playing an exhibition match against Team Canada in Vancouver in June. That's been called off. And now we'll talk about North Korea. Uh, because we don't ever hear much about North Korea. I mean, I've actually been to North Korea. I've been to North Korea uh, for work back when, when I was stationed in Beijing. Uh, And even when we were in Beijing uh, with the North Korean embassy around the corner from where we worked, we really didn't know much about what was going on in North Korea. Often we rely on you know, uh, people who've left, uh, who are in South Korea. There's a Japanese news service that was kind of reliable, But really, they call it the hermit kingdom for a reason. And generally, no one really knows what's going on. So it was a shock a few weeks ago when the country suddenly announced that COVID-19 was running unchecked through the population, that a lockdown was in place for the entire country. uh, That is, of course, unvaccinated. Because from the get-go, understanding how devastating it would be if it arrived on its shores, so to speak, uh, they essentially locked down the whole country. So now it's there, uh, and they're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, Of course, North Korea, on the same day they announced this, also fired off some short-range ballistic missiles. Uh, Anyway, since then, we've learned that there have been approximately 1.7 million, quote unquote, fever cases. Um, About half of them are in quarantine, so isolated. Dozens of deaths so far. Omicron BA2 was found, at least one of those deaths. Uh, And symptomatic cases are accounting for roughly 7% of the population, so it's huge. There isn't much medicine, obviously in the country, few doctors or hospitals. Uh, The population has gone through bouts of starvation and malnutrition over the years, so already not as healthy or as resilient as they could be. Um, so they severed all links and now what, um, there are fears this will lead to some kind of major catastrophe in North Korea, but it hasn't already. So far they've refused help from UN agencies in South Korea, uh, which is par for the course, looking instead to China and Russia traditional allies, but it's just not clear how they're going to be able to contend with this because it's essentially the pandemic running rampant in an unvaccinated population. Well, joining me now with more is Dr. David Hong. He's a pediatric neurosurgeon, but he's also been to North Korea seven times to do much needed work there. So he knows the system well, and he joins me now. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: it's fascinating just tell me a bit about how you got involved with doing this kind of much needed work i understand uh in north korea
1: yeah well you know as we, as we say in medicine we kind of stand on the shoulder of giants so i've been working with a fellow by the name of key park for some time and he has uh, established ties with north korea through a very complicated and, and long process but, but i encountered him in uh several years ago and at the time they were building a Free-standing Children's Hospital, and was requesting needs for a pediatric neurosurgeon. So I started to visit Pyongyang since then, and have helped try to build their pediatric neurosurgical program, and working closely with the surgeons there.
0: Is that uh, what are some of the challenges with that kind of performing that kind of work in uh, in North Korea?
1: Well, uh, there's quite a few, but number one is just as a surgeon adjusting to the different equipment that they have there. And so you might find that uh, whereas we're so used to single-use and dispose uh, items, uh, whereas North Koreans really favor multiple use and you know trying to make the most of their situation, and so, so that has different impacts, and also just the realm of you know modern equipment and even just things like micro dissectors and uh, more commonplace things that we're used to, uh, not to mention just kind of the overall different medical system and adjust. Do things and you know, how they address different problems and you know, uh, dealing with their medication shortages. So there's just uh, numerous, numerous different issues that we have to manage.
0: How is the how has COVID overall impacted your ability to work there?
1: Well, certainly we ever since COVID started, the country has shut down its borders, and so we haven't been able to return. We have limited communications as is with the North Koreans inside the country, of course, and so. We haven't been able to communicate that freely with them. A lot of our news comes from uh, other peripheral sources and the central news agency. And so uh, we can't find out directly from our colleagues how they've been managing.
0: You must have right away thought when the pandemic first began, you must have right away thought about what kind of impact it might have on North Korea, given your knowledge of how uh, how the medical system there works.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of quiet news in the mean, uh, in, you know, during the bulk of the pandemic and then with this recent change, it's been uh, very, very concerning, uh, with seeing some of the numbers that are coming out that are quite staggering. Um, I, we were initially concerned that there might not be good resources for the country to manage the pandemic, but their published numbers thus far were quite low. And so that was, um, uh, less concerning but seeing what we're seeing now entering into the millions in a matter of several weeks is is very concerning
0: yeah i mean it's an enormous percentage of the population now if we can believe the statistics um how equipped is the country to handle a pandemic (laughs)
1: Uh, sorry about that um so that's it's going to be hard to know but the as far as how well the country is equipped i think that um there's going to be a lot of limitations. And so number one, is just testing. We know that they don't have a full ability to, uh, sorry, an ability to test their full population. And so far they've been lumping everybody into this fever category, which uh, makes for an interesting situation. And so I think testing abilities, I think PPE will be another big issue. Uh, They'll probably have to turn to imports to try to meet their needs. Um, Since, uh, uh, sanctions and other uh, internal infrastructure issues probably are limiting their ability to really ramp up any sort of PVE production that they were already doing. Uh, and certainly medications are going to be an issue because a lot of these ideal medications for COVID in this current state and time are new medications. And so uh, we, we don't expect that the North Koreans have ability to produce those. And many of those will have to be imported as well. So not to mention other things like uh, ventilators and you know beds and staffing and so on and so uh, i think there's a lot to be a lot to be anticipated in terms of need you
0: you know the inside of a north korean hospital even a new one Um, i mean within the capital maybe there is resources there to deal with some of this but country large uh, one would think that outside of the capital uh, pyongyang it would be even more dire
1: yeah we know there's a big discrepancy between the level of medical care in pyongyang and, and, and the peripheral areas and so uh, there's a lot of concern about what the what the patients are will be going through in that area It's hard to know to what extent exactly each individual city is capable but uh, but certainly in Pyongyang we have even within a place like Pyongyang there's a broad range of infrastructure and level of equipment in the hospitals going from very new and very Updated at the Children's Hospital to you know more obviously more uh, older equipment and longstanding so so we can only imagine that that's probably uh, even more challenging in the in the more rural areas so the, the difficulties will probably be bigger there.
0: Um, the requests have been made, or at least the offers have been made for external help by South Korea by the United Nations. Uh, so far, though, um, North Korea has said no. Uh, is that? Do you expect that to continue? And what kind of what kind of impact could that have if they're not taking help from from countries that are offering it?
1: Yeah. So um, that was an interesting turning point here in this uh, in, in the news as 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 we've been following, seeing that they were so forthright and so uh, honest about a lot of uh, about the severity of what they were going through and how many patients were affected, and then for them to continue to say. We don't need aid from anybody. I think it's um, it's it's really diff- interesting and difficult to understand what, what what they're striving for. I think probably there may be some back channels, maybe some private channels being utilized. Uh, we do know that some planes that traveled uh, you know back and forth from China to North Korea carrying who knows what, but presumably some component of COVID uh, support. So. Um, uh, a lot of these types of decisions from North Korea are kind of out of my purview, but also just a little bit uh, hard to understand in the grand scheme.
0: Because they've certainly felt okay with bringing uh, doctors such as yourself over when the expertise is needed. So you might expect that in a crisis such as this one, uh, they might also look to external help and not just China and Russia, traditional allies, but uh, sort of all hands on deck situation.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's possible. I, I think that... Um, I don't know in general what other uh, visiting physicians have gone through, but they tend to perceive us as fellow Koreans. And so I think it's maybe a bit of a different type of category than, say, looking to the U.S. for international aid.
0: The concern there must be for the kids, too, in in this situation, because if you have a rampant pandemic and not enough um, facilities or supplies to deal with it, uh, certainly the vulnerable get hit as well.
1: Yeah. So just looking at some of their, their published death death data, death rates from the, the recent times, they, they show some things that we we know to be true about the pandemics affecting more of the older and, and much younger populations. I think that they will face some difficulties at the children's hospital, especially in the outlying area, since there won't be as many dedicated pediatric specialists uh, in terms of just managing critical care patients and, um, and and seeing how they do with their facilities. But um, the, the doctors are, are quite diligent. Uh, we do think that they have some set of guidelines. I'm not sure exactly where they came from, but, but they are working under some sort of um, guidance, um, and it's unfortunate that we can't have good communications and we might be able to provide better, at least medical assistance in terms of knowledge.
0: And you haven't been able to to reestablish those uh, those channels at all. They're not reaching out to uh, to medical professionals who've been there before, uh, even if you're not specifically COVID experts. But they're not reaching out to your groups to to ask for advice or guidance, even on a one to one doctor to doctor level.
1: Yeah, we well, we don't ha- unfortunately have that level of communication with them. So a lot of times we're working through a different channels that are not don't appear to be open at this time.
0: What other challenges? I mean, just societally, uh, a pandemic is not the only struggle that North Korea might be going through right now. What other challenges do they face? It feels like it might be a bit of a perfect storm with food shortages and so on. Uh, that is a difficult economy, given how uh, labor-intensive the economy is. That is a difficult economy to shut down, and the impacts uh, must also be worrying for you.
1: I think food is going to be a bigger concern heading into this uh, this harvest. Uh, sorry, the planting and, and so on, farming season here coming up, uh, particularly also because there's a lot of this group mentality. And so even when there's, uh, under normal circumstances, physicians might be doing physician things, they do call on um, almost everybody in the society to come and contribute to, to various causes. One of them is kind of a harvest and, and, and planting and so on. And so, so there is a big group mentality and uh, people relying on each other, and, uh, especially in times of need. And so, so how they, can avoid that, you know, in this situation of a communicable virus, I, it's going to be uh, one thing we're very looking with interest
0: towards. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Dr. David Hong, thank you so much.
1: Thank you.